Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Shakedown Stream, right here on MVYRadio.com. This is Jer Bear, and this is our last installment for the March of 2016, as we've been exploring March 1973 versions of They Love Each Other. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out right now. We're going to go to June 1973 with none other right here on Shakedown Stream.
Well, you can see that it's true. They love each other from RFK, Washington, D.C., June 10th, 1973. But our featured show this week, coming up in minutes, will be going to the War Memorial Auditorium in Buffalo, New York, March 31st, 1973. We'll hear the whole show And it really is a nice way to end this monthly theme of They Love Each Other. It's a nice sounding quality show, and it's got a very good They Love Each Other. So you're going to want to stick around for our featured show right here on Shakedown Stream. But right now, I want to celebrate the beginning of Branford Marsalis' relationship with the Grateful Dead on March 29th, 1990. He sat in with the boys at the NASA Coliseum. Check it out right here, right now on Shakedown Stream. Thank you. 
Now that is some Grateful Dead. That's a Bertha out of Jack Straw from 329-1990 at the Nassau Coliseum. I guess I faked you out because Brantford doesn't come on until the second set. Don't worry, we'll get to that. But I thought it was an auspicious day because that is a great show, and I think the eyes of the world makes it on the Without a Net CD release, which everybody knows about. Well, happy Easter. Hope you had a good holiday weekend. And uh, in taking in the spring and the flowers are about to come out, the longer days of light, I dig that. Well, Phil Lesh celebrated his Easter with an Easter hunt at his Terrapin Crossroads. And he and his son and uh, Scott Law, the trio, they played not-for-kids-only material from Jerry Garcia and David Grisman's album, after a little egg hunt. Speaking of Phil Lesh, this is a show that I went to way back when, when I was falling in love up in Vermont, right here in Shakedown Stream. Some 
beside her
No. Uh, Would you just? No, but I, but but sometimes I feel better. But it doesn't take your ability away. No, I don't. Not unless you get completely wasted. But I sort of believe in moderation in all things. You know, mm. I don't believe in getting <laughs> in being obliterated. Yeah. You know, like I, I believe in like uh, like right. if you want to have something that makes you feel a little better and gives you a slightly different outlook than your normal one, that it's your own business, not anybody's business but yours. And as long as it doesn't infringe right, on anybody else's right, rights, why not? As long as it doesn't infringe on anybody or hurt anybody or anything like that. Uh, uh, it, with the playing, you know, like, we've sort of experimented with it, like, some drugs you can play well on, some you can't play well on. Uh, some do things to, like, your sense of time, but, like, the only way we'd ever found out about any of this would be to try it. Well, when you recorded your record, how were you? Uh, uh, we smoked grass most of the time. That's fairly common. Everybody yeah. does it. Rolling Stones. Everybody does it. You know, we hear some yeah, amazing cool. stories about all of it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but I don't want to. You know. Uh, anyway, um, but that's like you know that's what we would do when we were practicing, or that's what we do for a gig or anything like that. It was no different than yeah. our normal situation. Like, and like you know, grass is so much like an, an everyday thing. It's not like. You don't get wasted on anything like that. You just like. What about LSD and the Captain Trip thing? Well, that's a whole other matter. That you know, like, 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 we've played on acid as well, uh, and that does do things to your time sense, and it does other things. It, 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 it produces a lot wider scope, like an unimaginably wider scope of ideas that are available to you. Do you think a lot of your ideas come from these? No, they just helped what was already there. They just made us more conscious of what was already there, you know, what was potentially there. And like, more consciousness means you you have more of an understanding of what you're doing. Having more of an understanding of what you're doing means that you can do it better because you're doing it with that much more of your mind. But you'd never go to Avalon or Fillmore on acid, would you? Not anymore. We used to. Uh, but I wouldn't do it anymore because. Uh, because we're in a different position now than we were a year ago. You know, mm. Like it, at this point, the experimentation that we that, that we were doing is not a matter of drug experimentation. We're we're experimenting with you know music within music. You know, the drugs part, uh, everybody takes drugs. Uh, that's for another matter. That's like for my personal scene in my my head and and uh, how I feel my attitudes toward things. Um, and like if you know, it, it's just it's just a chance to like unload, mm -hmm. you know, or yeah. just uh, you know, take a good look at who you are and what you're doing, and uh, feel reassured about it, or decide that it's time to change yourself, or whatever you know. Have you always been like this during bluegrass? Too? Sure, sure, same thing. Except in those days, we're all much cooler about it because it was really scary. I mean, you know, like you get arrested for it. But uh, quieter about it. It's becoming more common, and people are getting more educated about it. You know? Right. Especially, I found it really That's interesting. Thing. It's about this Anslinger guy who's on all these committees. Right. You think it'll ever get legal, legalized? Do you think people will ever get smarter? I don't know if it'll ever get legalized, but I do believe that the, that the legal hassle about it will diminish greatly. In other words, the books, the laws might not be taken off the books, but they'll, be but, they'll but, 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 but it's likely that the cops won't, yeah, right, because they're overlooking it a lot now, they can't help it, they can't help it, there's so much grass, there's so many people smoking grass, that, that if, if they were to bust people, everybody who they found smoking grass, 
they would there wouldn't be room for anybody. Yeah. You know, the jails would be packed. And like the uh, yeah, and the the penal institutions and shit like that have been sending out letters to to uh, to uh, you know to the cops and stuff like that. No more, you know, we don't want any more grasp people. You know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> they don't hurt anybody anyway. So. No, right? I mean, and, uh, and except for that one thing, nobody's a criminal. Nobody, you know, nobody I know is a criminal, except for dope. And that makes us all criminals, so we're all criminals. Yeah. We'll stay criminals until somebody says you're not a criminal. Dude, I'll steal a cigarette and be a criminal. That would be criminal if I took that cigarette. Hey, go ahead. I've got packs and packs all around the house. <laughs> that dozens and dozens.
Well, that's Mr. Jerry Garcia from January 19th, 1973 at the Keystone in Berkeley, California. And that is It's a Sin with Sarah Vulture on vocals. And I guess she did some stuff with uh, Jerry and Merle in 1973. And uh, I'm kind of stepping into this stuff. I've never really checked it out. Her singing is kind of weird. I'm not used to it, but um, but it's also cool to see Jerry kind of do some nice finger work. And this is some of the earliest solo Jerry stuff. This is him beginning to become Jerry Garcia Band. And uh, always covering different tunes, but always, you know, as time went on, he brought his tunes. For example, They Love Each Other. And then before that, we heard a little Jerry interview, uh, more of that material from March of 1967 at 710 Asbury Street in San Francisco, right before the release of the very first Gar- uh, Grateful Dead album. And then we heard Phil Lesh and Friends do They Love Each Other from July 12, 2006 in Essex Junction, Vermont, right outside Burleytown and that's Joan Osborne helping Phil out. And that's Barry Sless, who was doing some serious guitar work on the pedal steel. And on the second set, Trey and Paige and uh, some of the guys from Fish played with Phil Lesh and Friends. I will say it rained. It just rained. We were just wet. And then we were more wet. Well, I want to give you a little heads up. There's still time if you want to get in on this album of the month, Garcia Live Volume 1, plus the way after Midnight Bonus CD. And one thing about the bonus CDs is if you don't get them, you're not going to be able to have them. And so you got to move quickly. So check it out. You All you have to do is go to jerrygarcia.com and get yourself a Volume 1 of the Jerry Releases and it's all March 1st, 1980, Passaic, New Jersey. It's good, classic Jerry Garcia band, as we all know him. And here's one of the tracks off the way after midnight, right here on Shakedown Stream. Oh. 
That's the Jerry Garcia Band. From March 1st, 1980, Passaic, New Jersey. That's all right, Mama. Any old way you choose. That's a get-up-and-go version. Garcia really laying down some nice guitar licks. He's a mighty fine guitar player, I think. Well, we're all turning 50 here, all us deadheads. And I promise uh, that I would bestow whatever wisdom I could about how to stay healthy as we get old. (laughs) No, as we uh, ripen, we're ripening. That's the right word. We're becoming who we are. Fish oil. Fish oil, get the good kind of fish oil. Take one every day. It's good for your brain. It's got good omega-3s. It's good for us. Helps us to rebuild our cells. And uh, you can buy that at any kind of health food store. You could probably even get some in your supermarket. Try it out. See if you have any positive results. Well, so last uh, week, I don't know if you remember, but I was saying that Phil Lesh and friends, Mr. Phil Lesh particularly, was going to do a 1985 show on Friday night. And that he did. And usually when he does this, actually every time he does this, Before he plays, at the beginning of the show, he sits down with Jay Blakesburg and he kind of emcees the event, does a little uh, tidbit, some facts about the year, 1985, and then Phil will chime in with some stories. And I guess he was talking about a time that they tried to do an intervention on Jerry Garcia uh, regarding his drug addiction, and Jerry Garcia basically said, fuck you which is a typical response for somebody uh, in the throes of addiction. They either get mad at the messenger and freak out, or they basically just tell you no, high level of resistance, or they break down and cry and say that um, my wife left me. And there's probably 100 million other responses, but that is typical. High level of resistance. So right on. I'm digging this uh, spring. It seemed like uh, we we did okay with the winter, and we got through it. You know, here in New England, especially uh, here on the islands, the Cape and the islands, uh, when we get snowed in, uh, it kind of everything stops because we are an island. We're surrounded by water on all sides of the island. I didn't know that at first, but it took me a while, and now I know it. Well, as uh, promised, I want to keep playing some more Fare Thee Well from 627.15. Speaking of the first Grateful Dead album and the early songs of the Grateful Dead, check it out right here on Shakedown Stream.
All right, that's Fare Thee Well. That's the last of the Grateful Dead, 627-2015. And that was Cream Puff War and Coming Out of Born Cross-Eyed. Cream Puff War was on the very first Grateful Dead album, a song that really was never played live. We never heard from it again. And before that was Born Cross-Eyed, which is on the Oxa Moxa album. And that did a lot of stuff certainly in the 60s, late 60s. Yeah, so it's a little blend. Uh, A Matrix uh, recording is a blend of audience recording and soundboard recording, and they, I don't know the science of it, but they've been doing it a lot lately. Pure deadheads um, freak out when you talk about Matrix, uh, but others really love it, and I think it's great. Well, before we start our featured show, and again, we're going to be going to Buffalo, New York, the last show of March of 1973, and it'll be the last show of our feature, our monthly feature this month, which was They Love Each Other. Now, when I first started hearing the song, which was from 1980 onward, it was one of those long first set songs uh, akin to Friend of the Devil Uh, Maybe must have been the roses, but it would be a long played out tune, very slow, uh, but a nice jam. And some of them were really juicy, very tight. Others, you know, was a time to just dance and get cool. But the the song never made it on an album uh, until 1975. And it was on the Jerry Garcia Reflections album that was released in 1976. But in 1973... And the first one was from 2973. That was the first one that we played at the beginning of the month. Uh, But they played it 46 times, more than any other year of the Grateful Dead's history. And it was a different song. It was a faster song, bouncier song. It even had some additional lyrics. And then in 1974 and 1975, they only played it once. And then when the band got back together in 1976, they brought the song back slowed it down, and they played it 15 times in 76, 25 times in 1977, and you know the rest of the story. So, great tune. In total, the Dead performed the song 227 times. But we've been lucky this month because every featured show we've done has been from March of 1973, which... I thought it was cool because that's the month we're in, but 1973 is a a very beautiful time in the Grateful Dead's music history. Last week's show was a little rough. Uh, This week we're going to end on a good note. Nice show. And again, this is from March 31st, 1973, Buffalo, New York. Enjoy the show, and I'm happy to have you here on Shakedown Stream. Right on.
say that when your ship comes in, first man takes the same.
I feel tears welling up and down deep inside like my heart's got a big break. And it's never alone and sharp and painful. I may never shake. You might think that I'm taking it hard since you broke me up with a girl. You might wait about a hide and sorrow. But I might lay right down and love. Now the race is on.
was fresh in town. I didn't go stage light ran from hell. She had a raven hair, a ruffled dress, and a necklace made of gold. All the French perfume you'd care to smell. She took me up into her room and whispered in my ear, oh, my friend, do anything in shoes. Now and then, for those happy hours I spent there in her arms, with a lifetime's worth of the Mexican. Yeah, yeah. You think anything a man don't stand to lose. When the devil wants to take it all away, just when he thoughts to keep that good body moves. I'm thinking of drinking out all I have today. Chill out there. 
Four bucks and change Ain't that heaven sick Raise my ears to listen Shut it burns my eyes to see Cut down the man in Cobra
Saturday The colors were still Where you've been laid From their cards, you were listening to a fight. Well, you know, hey, it's just the last thing they're thinking of.
And you can too, but everybody hang loose. Right on. 
Well, that was a playing in the band to close the first set of our featured show from Buffalo, New York, March 31st, 1973. Before that was They Love Each Other, a very fine rendition, and I think the finest we've heard yet from March of 1973, in my very humble opinion. And then we heard Looks Like Rain, Row Jimmy Row, El Paso, Big Railroad Blues, Jack Straw, Tennessee Jed, Box of Rain, Mexicali Blues, Sugary, The Race is On, and Mississippi Half Step to open up the first set. There's a cut in Sugary, and there's a cut in Road Jimmy Row, and there is a cut right in the middle of playing in the band. But this is a really nice sounding show. I'm really happy. Well, a couple of things I want to say about this show, and this was something that I read uh, in my little searching around about this show, we need to remember that earlier in the month of March of 1973, Pigpen passed away. And so I wanted to share a little about what I've been reading here. And this is from a blog called AquariumDrunkard.com. So, 43 years ago, in the early days of March of 1973, Pigpen and a photographer friend sauntered into the band's rehearsal space at Stinson Beach Community Center with the hope to have his final picture taken with the group. They instead, as friends often do, raised him about his request and a heartbroken Pigpen left empty-handed. Days later, on March 8th, Pigpen was found dead in his apartment from internal bleeding following years of alcohol abuse. Distraught, yet wanting to honor their fallen friend, Bob Weir and Robert Hunter, who famously said, If there's one thing I've learned from Pigpen, I think I'm going to get drunk and have a real good time. They threw a party at Weir's new Mill Valley home. Folklore says it was an orgy outside and an informal wake riot inside, as hundreds of fans, family, and band members descended upon the property. When Pigpen was finally laid to rest with his tattered leather jacket and cowboy hat, it was under a stone that read, Pigpen was and is now forever one of the Grateful Dead. A despondent Garcia almost folded the group that week, declaring, that's not Pigpen in that coffin, that's the Grateful Dead. Instead, he and the band responded to ill-timed passing by creating a new life as they began to flesh out a series of new songs that further synthesize their unique blend of jazz and rock and roll. Speed up to this show. A few weeks later, the band skid into a languid He's Gone. And I think that section, that segment of set two, is owed to Pigpen. And you're going to hear some very fine jamming, but it's clearly focused on the loss of their original member, Mr. Pigpen. So why don't we go right to the second set and wait for the jamming. That's right on. This is Shakedown Stream, and we're listening to Buffalo, New York, March 31st, 1973, right here on mvyradio.com. Right on.
said you ain't gonna hit you can't close the door Moses stood up before six foot ten said you can't close the door when the walls caved in asking for water he both for some wine finished the bottle and broke into mine it would you come
Travel. 
Thank you. 
Thank you all. Good night.
That's Casey Jones Encore. Yeah, nice lead by Mr. Jerry Garcia on that one. Before that was Sugar Magnolia. And then we heard I Know You Rider out of a jam. That feeling groovy jam that was in between China Cat and Rider, but there's no China Cat. It's just a nice jam and you get a little sense of the Spanish jam. And then we heard the other one and drums. And then a, a jam, Nobody's Fault But Mine, instrumental out of trucking, he's gone. And I can really, oh, and then before that, we heard the greatest story ever told, the greatest, out of Bertha, out of the promised land, a big jammeroo-y conglomeration of three tunes to open up the second set. But no, I really liked uh, that that tip, that the he's gone onward was a real... Uh, tribute to Pigpen uh, as we hear the last show of March of 1973 it's hard not to think that Pigpen was still with the band still on their minds yeah I know you writer well we're gonna miss you when you're gone and uh, nobody's fault great blues tune little Little bits here and there, but boy, the playing is so good. 1973, great year. And it's nice to focus on one, really, like one month, which is, a, this was a, a significant month for the Grateful Dead because they lost their front man. He had been ill for a while, but he, he went to Europe to do their Europe 72 tour, but he really was not well. And so uh, that had to be a tough one. That had to be a tough one. Well, in the tradition of uh, Shakedown Stream, I offer you this as we go forward.
But as long as I don't sing anything, it doesn't matter. Why don't you play something? We'll speed it up to seven. And... Uh, I've done that before. Oh, you've heard that stuff. Did you ever hear that? Did I ever play that in the studio? No. What? Uh, I made a whole it? bunch of I made a whole bunch of tapes at one time of banjo and guitar. No, uh, and I tuned them down like an octave from the regular pitch and played at no. half speed, real slow and all real complicated. And, and played them back. No, I don't have it anymore. But it really sounded great. Where did it go? Yeah, where did it go? Uh, I think Sarah might have all that shit. She also probably has all my bluegrass records and all my tapes and uh, all that stuff. Your entire past. Right, my entire past, right. Can't you go back to that past and get some of your records at least? I could, but I don't have a car. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Look at, well, if you get any of those old tapes, could I record some of them? Sure, sure. Because In fact, if you can find them, you can In have them. In fact, why you go to Sarah and get all this stuff? I'll do it if you want to. Uh, geez, if you want to, you can. Uh, I'll tell you where she's at. Do you know, uh, what is the Skyline thing? 18,000 Skyline. 18,000 Skyline Boulevard. You know where Rancho Diablo is. It's up, you know where, you know where, uh, the top of the hill is at La Honda? Yeah, sure. Skyline. You turn left there. Yeah, Skyline, you turn left yeah. there. And you go up the road, road hardly more than a quarter of a mile. Three quarters, it's about... 1800 a Skyline Boulevard. Yeah. And uh, just 18, ask for thousand. Sarah, you know, and 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 ask her if she has any of the stuff, any of the, the tape, bluegrass tapes, or. Well, what should I say? I mean, you know. Just tell tell her who you are, and tell her tell her that you've been talking to me, and that I said you could borrow them, or, or you know, that you're picking them up for me, or something. That, you know, I don't know. All improvise. Right. All right. <laughs> and then uh, I'll record it and bring it up, or don't you want it at all? 
Oh, I'd like to have it. Right. I'd really love to have it. So if you want to take it and record it, record right. the records and what have you, and bring them up to me, that would be really nice. Right. That would be really nice. Okay. I don't know whether any of that speeded up stuff was. I just did it on the ends and stuff. Because it took a long time. But it was really funny. I mean, like, I would do, I would play runs and do all kinds of really intricate, complicated shit, but I was doing it, like, real slow. Yeah. And when I played it back at normal speed, it sounded like a regular guitar, because it was an octave higher. Yeah. And uh, it just, it was just inhuman. It was so fast and furious and boss, you know, yeah. just foolish, complicated shit. You had to shit. tune down an octave for that. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, in order to, to have the same tone, yeah. in order for it to sound like a guitar. <laughs> It sounded like the most amazing clean guitar player in the world. And you said you stuck banjo with it? Yeah, I also did banjo stuff that way too. I played played banjo tunes, so they'd come back about normal bluegrass tempo, but they'd be incredibly complicated. Yeah. You know, I mean, there'd be all, all kinds of things that you couldn't possibly finger. Oh, you know, the roles that you couldn't possibly play, and you know, yeah, little, yeah. little yeah. like well, like in the course of a normal role, there'd be like 20 added notes and little <laughs> stuff. You know? If you ever find that, let me know. Yeah, I like to hear that myself. That was really funny. Yeah, you you didn't say Sarah has that. I don't. No, no, she, I don't think. If there's a whole like a, a whole box of tapes, it's conceivable that some of that shit might be there somewhere. But I only did it like on the on rat tapes that I had, you know, just screwing around. How long ago was that? Three years. Back when I was really into the banjo. I've often wondered, what about? Couldn't you adapt things like Blackberry Blossom or or Million Low Ground the Rock and Roll at all? I thought of it. You know, uh, Buffalo Springfield did Salt Creek there. Yeah. I mean, that was, I enjoyed that. I really did. I mean, I think it could be done better, but I... Well, we'll see what happens when I get my banjo going. Maybe we can get into that a little. I hope so. Because I'd like to, if there's any possibility, I'd like to fit in on so you you know, i just love to see you play again. Right. You know, on banjo. But, right. I don't like my guitar playing. Uh, no. <laughs> No, but I'm still a banjo. Well, I just bought a Grace Tennessee and a new one. Oh yeah, I you like it? fooling around with your guild, and it's so clear. And I don't think I'll get a guild. Uh, Same price, isn't it? <coughs> well, roughly, yeah. 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 I got a hundred bucks off this thing at Leo's in Oakland. Get all your stuff there with K. Yeah, right. We've got a lot of stuff there. It's yeah, the place. They they get a lot of old uh, electric guitars here. Yeah, they really got like, stuff. Uh, Bob's got a Telecaster he got from him. One of the old with yeah. the long neck? Yeah, right. How much did he pay for that? 250 Oh, that's so But they're hard to get now, so... They're real hard to get, yeah. Why don't you play one? I don't like them. You know, <laughs> no. I know. Well, I've, I've, like, I've played this Telecaster next to mine, and it, ha it has a lot less power than mine does. And it doesn't have the tone. Yeah. I really like the tone of mine. Why don't you get a Starfire 5? I mean, are you... I don't like them. I don't like... I like the, the simplest... Well, I don't really need anything special in guitar. I mean, what's the difference between the 5? It's double cutaway, but what else? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there, there might not be any difference at all. I just happen to like that particular guitar. Yeah. It's a different one than... You must get a new one pretty soon. <laughs> Well, that that's, a that's a new one, yeah. My last one was just burned out. <laughs> yeah. It was only a year old and it was used. It had yeah. holes in it and the, the back of the neck was completely worn out. Yeah. Well, let me know that's when great. you uh, start picking up that banjo. Well, I've, I've been playing it all along. Yeah. But you said your rehearsals are cool <coughs> and that doesn't do anything. You'll hear it when I play it. I mean, I'll, I'll play it on something. Probably on the second album, there'll be some stuff that goes on it. But an album, you don't see the guys play it. Well... 
Sure, there is. No, there is a difference. There's a difference. No, but how about it sometime? Sure, if you want, just give me a call sometime when I'm starting to use it. Like, give me a call. I've been dying to do this. Well, I don't know how much longer we're going to be around in this area, is the thing. You mean permanent area? Do you got a nickel? No. Never point a gun, that one. Bang. You got a dime? Go away, go away. Jason, I don't have a dime and I don't have a nickel. That's a torture test. Can you pass the torture test? Uh. That's the best thing we've got on tape. <laughs> well, what's this about not being around? Uh, I don't know how much longer we're going to be around. Go on! Look, shoot! That's up and down! I don't know. I hope so. Someday. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't care whether or not, you know, whether or not I come back. I mean, I'm sure we're born here. That's true. No. But I, you know, I'd like to see the world. Yeah. Well, you better start. I'll give you a call one of these days when you're ready, right. all right? Get back to the paper. What? Get back to the paper. Oh, uh, you want to write the psychology paper for me, Jerry? Do I want to what? Write the paper I've got God, to do. No. Oh, I got a question, I got a question. Okay. okay. You were sort of almost going to say existentialism there a while back, right? I know this is impossible to do, but summarize your definition of existentialism. I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. I, I mean, I can't do it in such a way that it would be any clearer than the term. I would suggest that anybody who wants to find out about it read some Jean Paul Sartre or um, Albert Camus. I, I think that the, 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 the idea of existentialism is better summarized in like a parable or a story or a, or a novel than it is in terms of uh, ideas. Steppenwolf. Did you see uh, Blow Up? I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. Do you see it? Yeah. How do you like it? Fantastic. Yeah. I've heard uh, different reports about it. What's it about? You have to go see it to understand. I mean, you know, to, I can't explain what's about. Would you like to do a movie, Jerry? Well, as a matter of fact, when we were in L.A. making our record, we got a movie offer from uh, ABC Paramount. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. We got a movie offer to be oh, in uh, a, a uh, uh, James Coburn movie in which he is a the psychiatrist to the president and uh, he runs off uh, from from his job on, uh, on a series of misadventures or adventures or something like that one of which is to spend a certain amount of time with a, with a uh, rock and roll band which is traveling around nomadic fashion and trucks and things like that and it would include uh, like we were actually written into the script and includes speaking parts the whole thing is that right right i mean would would you be in it quite a bit or just uh, yeah we'd have a pretty long section we've agreed to do it provided we have control over the section that we're in so we might not do it because they might not want to give it and give that to us um, oh, great. The, po the point is we don't want to be in a movie unless it's going to be good and it won't be good unless we do it ourselves i mean it won't be the way we want it unless yeah. we do it ourselves Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, the airplane's got an article coming up in Look. Do you know anything about it? In Look magazine? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, uh, the photographer, Jim Marshall, took a bunch of pictures uh, here at our house. We had a party here that had, uh, it was us, the Jefferson Airplane, the Silver Messenger Service, Big Brother and the Holy Company, uh, and the Charlottes, all here. 
Uh, and uh, expressly for the look photographer, we took pictures on our front stairs, upstairs. We went down to the panhandle and got pictures of the whole group of musicians. Everybody was in full drag. You know? We walked down there. We got movies of the whole thing as well. So, so like, uh, actually, that that article may expand to an article about the San Francisco scene in general. At any rate, we'll, I think we'll be in it if it happens. We think of Grace. I love Grace. She's a real professional musician, boy. She, yeah, she's she's just tremendous. I mean, I like her singing the stuff she writes. She she writes good songs. She sings really excellently. You know, she's really uh, fantastically uh, has fantastic control and uh, and uh, discipline. She also plays pretty good piano, and she plays beautiful uh, uh, recorder. Like on the other the recorder stuff you hear on the albums here. And on that coming back to me, she plays lines that are just beautiful. Just beautiful musical lines. She used to be in Los Angeles. I don't know. Is she married? Uh, yeah. Was her husband in the Great Society? Right. With brothers too or something right. like that? Her husband and her uh, her brother in law. Is her husband around or is he in India? He's playing trubs with a group called uh, called uh, the Outfit, I believe. <coughs> What's happening as far as <coughs> for a while? The final the, solution. The jazz were jazz was kind of you know the airplanes went down to Monterey did the thing of jazz festival which turned out to be a failure. Uh, but uh, there's been a lot of talk about jazz and this this stuff kind of intermingling. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I know that that a few jazz musicians have called us uh, asking to jam with us, play with us. Virgil Gonzalez called us. Uh, also that that some jazz musicians are getting into electric instruments that uh, there is also a tendency in jazz to some extent toward modal forms and toward uh, toward uh, Indian forms, the raga form, and uh, westernizations of the raga form. Uh, and rock and roll musicians are into that. I think that, they're, that what's happening in rock and roll is this, the big thing that's happening is lots more intelligent musicians are getting into it. Lots more people that have a lot more to offer musically. And, and uh, we're starting to think of it as being musical that's valuable. We're not, starting to, we're not thinking about it as being second class music. Yeah. And uh, maybe just that attitude will bring a lot of people into it. It's an opportunity for jazz musicians to make money if that's where that's at. And, and that's a nice thing too. See 
you cool cats that is they love each other from the new year's show from 1976 at the cow palace a different sound a sound that we're very familiar with but that's a seven minute version of a they love each other and before that we heard more of the jerry garcia interview at the grateful dead house on 710 ashbury street in march of 1967 right on well we are going to keep on going as we always go here on Shakedown Stream. Join me next week where we'll have a whole new monthly theme. But I want to thank you for being involved with They Love Each Other, March 1973. We'll do it again, all different, all the same. Peace. Hey, have a good spring, and I'll see you around. Right on. <laughs>